all kinds of theories out there about how we got into the situation we found ourselves in this weekend. Most of them completely overwrought politics, which is, it's 2023. But what is the reality? What's going on? And what can we expect in the coming days? Let's find out from somebody who knows. That would be Tim Weiss, industrial professor in the Faculty of Engineering at the University of Alberta. Tim, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, let's just sort of go over with a you know a layman's explanation of what happened over the past few days. It's simple supply and demand, right? So let's start with demand. Why is it so high? Uh, well, it's not a surprise that when it gets cold, we need more energy, uh, and so uh, yeah, when the temperatures drop, uh, you know, demand demand goes up, um, and so. Really, that, that, that's the, the short answer. Yeah. And the more important part is the other side of the equation, right? Supply, because supply just wasn't there. And there's, and like I say, so many different theories about why. Uh, what happened on the supply side of that equation? Well, I mean, the good news is the supply was there. It was barely there, but, but it was. I mean, the light, the light stayed on and, and we made it through. Um, the, you know, it, it did a combination of things that, that uh, meant it got tight, of course. Uh, we had, um, obviously, it was the middle of the night, so there's no solar generating. Uh, it happened not to be a windy period, so there wasn't a whole lot of wind uh, on. Uh, we had a couple of gas plants that were down. Uh, one of them tripped off because of the cold. Uh, and unfortunately, our, we have a really big gas plant that's about to get built, and it just isn't quite ready. It's it's a few weeks or months behind schedule, and if it, if it had been ready, we, we wouldn't be talking. <laughs> we wouldn't be talking today. Right. Uh, the, the other thing that, that I think you know maybe flying a little bit under the radar is that we didn't have as much hydro available uh, because you know because of the time of the year and water levels are down with uh, with some of the drought, uh, and we weren't able to import that much from British Columbia uh, as we normally. We were only importing about twenty five percent of what we actually can import from them. So it's kind of a combination of all those things added up, which put us into a bit of a crunch there. Because they were supplying some of the Pacific Northwest in the United States, right? Yeah, the Pacific Northwest, uh, in part, had a uh, uh, natural gas uh, shortage. Uh, one of their plants went, uh, or one of their, su- their supply units went down, uh, and prices went to the roof, and it was a lot more lucrative to sell the power uh, into the Pacific Northwest than it was to sell it to us here in Alberta. So uh, there was only so much energy to go around from BC, and they chose to send it to where it was more lucrative. Uh, just a tweet just came out from BC Hydro saying extremely cold temperatures across BC led to new peak hourly electricity demand records on Friday night. We were able to meet the needs of our customers and help out our neighbors. I think they're throwing a little shade at their neighbors to the uh, east here. What is the situation with Alberta's electricity system? Because we talk about prices, they're much higher than everybody else. No other province was dealing with what was happening this weekend aside from Alberta. I mean, is this a cumulative effect? Like things have been going the wrong direction for a number of years and now we get to a breaking point or just how would you assess the the health of Alberta's electricity grid right now? I mean, prices were really, really high in the summer, uh, you may recall, uh, and and that has to do with the fact that we're we're undersupplied right now. The system has grown faster than than we've been able to keep up with it. Um, unfortunately, we're we're not that far behind, or I guess I should say, fortunately, we're not that far behind. <laughs> unfortunately, it happened when this cold snap yeah. happened. But but as I said, we do have a. a almost an 800 megawatt gas plant uh that's it's commissioned you can see it online it's just an, or it's being commissioned i guess i should say so it's built and you can see it it's just not up and running just yet uh and if you know if that thing had been up and running by now then as i said we, we wouldn't be having this conversation and right. everyone would yeah. be, everyone would be happy so we're 
you know, we're a little, a little bit behind where uh, where we want it to be, um, but obviously it does, you know, it does point to the fact that you know, we do want to have more backup in the overall system. Or, uh, another thing that, that did work quite well, a lot of our batteries dispatch that we have in the system, so maybe we just need more of that uh, and probably some better intertides. If we learn anything from Texas from a few years ago, being, yes. being isolated is, is not a great situation to be in for an electrical system. No, absolutely. We all know what happened. So, uh, like the minister, you're saying the, the same thing here, that we've got a situation where things are going to be much better next winter, right? Because there are a couple of major facilities that are this close to being online. Yeah, there you go. One, yeah, major, major gas plant. We've got another gas plant, which has been, unfortunately, was down for maintenance at yep. 400 megawatts. Uh, and so, uh, but, you know, at the same time, those plants, you know, especially when it gets cold, they can trip offline as well. So you want to have redundancy in the overall system. And we are seeing more batteries and stores getting built and those types of things, you know, they're short term, but they can help us run through those really critical hours. So a few more of those on the system will also be helpful. Long term, um, I mean, is, is this once these two plants, or they, like you say, the major plant, they they come online? Is it kind of like okay, hey, we're good? I mean, demand's only going to increase. The population growth alone in this province is through the roof. So um, long term, are we headed in the right direction? Do you think? Yeah, I, I think we're going to have to have a pretty, you know, hopefully an adult conversation about that because it's not just population that's going up, but we're also imagining. You know, yeah. more things onto the grid, right? Of course. Things like electric cars and heat pumps and a lot of the other electrification that's going on in the overall system. So I think we're going to have to think that, think that through and how we handle this. Our system, you know, 10 years from now, I think it's going to look probably a fair bit different than what it looks today. The nice thing is some of those things could probably help us out. In theory, you could have electric cars potentially powering the grid. They can go, in theory, they could go both ways, um, you know, in an emergency. But uh, our system's not set up to handle that. So I think we're going to have to start thinking through some of these new solutions uh, and, uh, and, you know, kind of be open to the system 10 years from now. And it can't just be a bigger system than today, but we need to make some some interesting changes to yep. make it a little more a little more creative. Which won't be that easy to do, given <laughs> what we've seen, unfortunately. Uh, Tim, thank you so much for your insight. I really do appreciate you being here today. Pleasure. Thanks for having me.